Justine Harper. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Has everybody recovered from last night? Yeah? I'm actually surprised so many of you guys made it. You must not have been the ones doing tequila shots with American Hotel last night. Yeah? OK. Well, as Will said, my name is Justine Harper. I know you guys saw Justin outside, but that's actually a little bit of a too early sneak peek of a rebranding that I have going on. Um, that's going to be Justin, Moon, and I are going to take on the council of the Bend because they're entirely too powerful, and we need to take care of that right now. So just stay tuned for that. But to get started, no more horrible jokes because Gary will yell at me. Um, first of all, yes, so my name is Justine Harper. The goal today is to talk to you guys about how to onboard one billion people to private keys. And while that sounds really catchy and I wish I was here to present to you the surefire way for mass adoption, instead I want to talk to you a little bit more of like a personal level um, and things that I've learned along the way that may help you have an easier conversation with your friends or family the next time around. So to get started, let's see if I can figure out how to use this thing. All right, so I am the VP of Concierge at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is um, essentially the one-stop shop for individuals for their personal, business, and retirement needs, all focused on the foundation of self-custody. Concierge is the educational wing of that, and that's where my home is. So essentially every day, we get to teach people about self-custody and holding their Bitcoin keys and empowering them to do so. So um, being able to walk individuals through those moments as many times as I have has given me a little bit of insight, I think, that may be beneficial for some of you guys. So, Bitcoin custody. It's a complicated process, right? It's a complicated concept. We've all been there. It's a new technology. How many of you guys have been orange pilling your friends or family? Feel really confident? They finally get it, right? They're, the laser eyes have come over and they're wanting to buy Bitcoin. And then you turn over to self-custody and you start talking about keys and seed phrases and managing your UTXOs and hardware devices and wallets and like you've lost them, right? Their eyes turn all big and all the work you've done is gone. So I've been there, anybody else been there? Yeah? All right, goal today is to help you not turn them into the big deer headlights. I personally was there myself, big deer in headlights. Um, I uh, vividly recall actually hearing about Bitcoin for the first time, a digital currency with limited supply that no one controlled, and someone who has been working for self-sovereignty most of my life that really resonated with me. That was it. It solved many of the issues that I found as a gold holder, and I was all in. But unfortunately, when I went to go do some research, I was met with extremely confusing information, as well as other tokens claiming to do the same thing, right? Then these complex and technical terms, I had no idea what they were, and it completely intimidated me. Um, I didn't feel confident enough to move forward, and in fact, it would take me years to actually jump in and feel like I got it. And even after that moment, coming to the self-custody aspect was still a hurdle. My cold card sat on my shelf for probably three months before I opened the bag, right? It was just intimidating. That little calculator, terrifying. So believe me, I get it. So when I start every onboarding with clients, I try to remind them of that. We've all been there, right? We all were confused and it's okay to take things in steps. So. Self-custody, though, is vital. It is an absolute vital part to holding your wealth in Bitcoin. And we have to ensure newcomers coming in understand that importance and feel confident enough to take that on. So how do we do so? 
Well, first of all, let's start with why. Why is self-custody important? Why is this a thing we even, even need to worry about? Why doesn't everybody just keep their, their coins on Coinbase and we all move on with our lives? Well, for the first time in human history, individuals have the ability to hold the keys to their wealth in a way that ensures that wealth can never be taken from them. This is revolutionary. We've never had this before. But this newly found freedom comes with personal responsibility that many are not used to. We have seen many times in history what individuals' wealth has been taken from them. Some examples you may see is the Executive Order 6102, or something like the IRS has seized your funds because they didn't like how you paid the ransom to them. Or hey, your bank doesn't like the way you have been using your credit card, so they're just going to turn it off and tell you, sorry, we're closing your bank account. These things happen every day. It's not a far-fetched idea. It's not something that um, we shouldn't be concerned about, we should say. So, Bitcoin keys are vital for holding your wealth in Bitcoin and what sets it apart. If you aren't holding them, you're asking permission from someone else to use your money and therefore you can't be cut off from it. So while those custodial services may benefit you from holding an asset that can't be embased or devalued, you don't really own it unless you hold the keys. So if it's on, if it's on an exchange, I'm sorry you don't own Bitcoin. Sorry to break it to you. So how do we onboard one billion people to, get to private keys? How do we help individuals find this financial freedom we're all passionate about? I do feel like as we improve with user interface and user experience, this will get a little bit easier. And of course, educational content has improved significantly over the years, many thanks to the people in this room. But there's still something missing in my opinion, and I feel like perhaps as individuals, we can improve upon that. So. What can we do there? And I'm sorry, I switched the slide a bit. So one of you, my, while many of you maybe used to be ranting on Twitter about this, what you may not know is I actually have been passionate about education for quite a long time. And before I gave up on the state as a whole, I was in training to be an elementary education uh, teacher. So it's something that I'm very passionate about and have been passionate through my life. And um, that passion sort of grew into helping other individuals become self-sovereign in many different ways before I found Bitcoin. So that was include how to remove the middleman, how to actually make products in your day-to-day -day life so that you're not reliant on third parties, from herbal remedies to how to grow your own food to raising animals, yada, yada, yada. So this was something that became really um, a hobby of mine and passion. And what I discovered really quickly is if you will teach somebody something that makes them independent of a third party and allows them to be self-reliant, they're extremely empowered. And that empowerment makes them eager to learn more. And they want to build upon that foundation that you've set for them and build upon that knowledge. And I feel like that's extremely, extremely powerful. I feel like it's the best gift that you can really give to anyone. So. I realized really quickly when you do the basic task and focus on um, very simple topics, very simple terms, don't get overcomplicated, they really feel like they can embrace it more. And so that was a way that I focused in those educational content. And um, in the process of doing this and designing these courses, I thought back on this really interesting educational experience that I had in, I think, middle school that stuck with me. Some of you may be familiar with it. Robot, make me a sandwich. Anybody else do this? No? Wow, you guys went to really boring schools. It's terrible. Okay. <laughs> so the concept for the rest of you is you and a classmate were to instruct a robot how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Seems easy, right? 
everybody can do this. Peanut butter jelly sandwich, a kid could do this. The difference is, and something that we have to remember, is the robot has no basic knowledge. They have no foundation of knowledge whatsoever. They have never held a can of peanut butter, a jar of peanut butter, depending on the peanut butter you buy. Um, they don't know how to make a sandwich. So then this concept actually turns into you and a classmate going through step by step and focusing on every step. Turning the jar three times to the left, lifting, et cetera, et cetera. It makes you pay attention to the details, and it makes you really appreciate the basic knowledge that you have that the robot does not. Now, <laughs> this may seem silly, right? Robot teaching, uh, or teaching a robot how to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, but I feel like this technique actually goes in line very well with teaching somebody a new skill. I feel like the biggest mistake people make is approaching someone and trying to teach them something from a level of understanding they don't know yet. They're not there. You're talking over them. Therefore, everything you say is almost talking to a wall. They don't get it. So breaking it down step by step has been really, really uh, helpful for me personally. And let's be honest, how can we expect someone to understand self-custody and the importance of it if they don't even know what a Bitcoin key is? They don't know what a hardware device is. How could they possibly get this concept? So this is how I approach every onboarding. I find their level of understanding and I build from there. Or I have to negate the preconceived notions that they've learned and rebuild. So this is the approach that I take personally. So my goal for today is to get you to start thinking in this way, to meet others at their level of understanding and build from there. And to help with that, I thought I would share some examples that have worked for me um, and something that we use in the concierge department at Unchained Capital as well. So where to start? You could go anywhere, right? There's so many things you could teach people about Bitcoin. But I feel like these very basic things are a great um, beginner level. And um, those are going to be how, and I apologize, I can't see the slides. So I'm going to read this slide. That's going to be what is the Bitcoin key? What is the seed phrase? What is an address? What is a hardware device? This is your basic level of knowledge. This is your foundation, right? You can build everything else on top of that. I like to point out in the beginning, though, and do a little intro that Bitcoin lives on the Bitcoin network. It does not leave the network. It does not leave on those little devices. It doesn't live in exchanges. It lives on the network, which is an open public ledger. I like to tell them that when you are holding funds on an exchange, your Bitcoin's not sitting in an account with your name on it. It's sitting on the Bitcoin network in an address they hold the keys to, and you're asking for permission to use it. You essentially have an IOU. This, I think, gives a very nice visual that you can then dig a little bit deeper into. So next would be, what is a Bitcoin key? How does it work? This basic level of understanding, I think, is the foundation of not only Bitcoin as a whole and what sets it apart, but is vital for self-custody and what it actually means. So you want to keep this simple and then build from there. So I generally say a Bitcoin private key is a long secret number that's unique and creates a specific signature. This must be kept secret. This is your secret you're going to not share with anyone. From this private key, a public key is derived. It is also a long string of secret numbers, right? But its job is different as it is used to create addresses. Now, as much fun as I know it would be to like dig into elliptic curve mathematics and like digital signatures and all the stuff that you want to dork out to, I beg of you not to do that this time. Okay, save that for next time. <laughs> now, next is going to be what is a seed phrase? 
This I think is really important because there seems to be a real disconnect between private keys, backup, seed phrase, et cetera. I think newcomers coming in don't quite understand what they are and the significance of them. So I really like to paint a picture of how they are pretty much an extension of each other. The seed phrase is your master password. It is the seed of everything. It is your key. It is what everything comes from and you have to protect this. It's the most important thing to protect. One way that I found that kind of helps, we're always thinking of a visualization here, is to say that because Bitcoin keys are such a long string of secret numbers, they're very hard to interact with, right? You're not going to remember them, maybe they're kind of hard to store. So this is a code or algorithm that represents that secret number, and you can interact with it in different ways. Now, in the future, you can go into more detail here. Goal is for them to understand the important as well as build a visual that ensures they understand how all of these components work together. All right, next, hardware device. Okay, biggest misconception I hear even with people who've been in the space a while is they think Bitcoin lives on hardware wallets or devices. It's not shocking when we say wallet, we essentially are telling people that's where their funds live, right? So it's just kind of a misunderstanding we hear about a lot. So one way that I like to sort of explain this and get them to think of it in a different way is essentially to say that it is a user interface that you're using to interact with your keys. It doesn't hold your Bitcoin, it holds your keys pairs securely offline and allows you to sign transactions to move Bitcoin from one address to another. It's important to note that you can import seed phrases, because those are your master, right, into any device. The device can break. You didn't lose your Bitcoin, right, as long as you got that seed phrase. That's why it's important to store your seed phrases securely. Also, I always like to point out that the hardware devices are used in conjunction with some sort of software wallet. Start using those words. Software wallet is an online thing you use. Hardware wallet is an offline way to secure those keys and transact with your Bitcoin itself. Private keys never leave the device. Rather, the software will send a transaction unsigned to the device. It uses your private keys it's storing to sign that transaction and send it back. And that is essentially the job of a hardware device. The devices are secure, but not perfect. So it's always really, really important to reiterate, seed phrases are your master. Make sure you're securing those. Devices can break. We can just import that seed phrase to a new device, and you're good to go, okay? All right. So. Bitcoin address. Where does Bitcoin live? This is a little bit tricky um, because if you want to get really te technical, does Bitcoin really live anywhere? Technically, don't we just have a bunch of UTXOs tied to our key pairs? We just move those around. Now, but for the sake of not confusing the heck out of your friends, we're just going to say <laughs> that Bitcoin, a Bitcoin address is a unique identifier and that is made from one or multiple keys. We could set up single signature address or multi-signature addresses. And it re represents a virtual location. These addresses are public to all and therefore can be easily used to verify Bitcoin supply. When you want to move funds, you sign a transaction with a private key associated with the address, and the funds move from one uh, address to another because you proved ownership. And that's it. We're just building basic level of knowledge here, right? We're not going to dig in anymore. Now, about this time, your friend or relative will probably absorb about 70% of this, which is actually pretty good. And due to keeping it simple, though, you've given them a basic level of understanding of what a key is. Why is it important? Why is this kind of the optimal aspect of holding your wealth? Only you have it. It's a secret key that is unique to the address that you're holding your Bitcoin in. You've taught them how to use it. 
right? How to transact, how these work, as well as warded off common misconceptions that have probably confused them on their own. Many times people will go out and they have their hardware device and they have a panic attack, right? Because they forgot their PIN number and now they think their Bitcoin's gone. So these common misconceptions, I think, hold a lot of people back. So hopefully by the end of this conversation, you've set a very basic level of understanding and made them feel a little bit more comfortable in those regards. Now, I know we're probably coming up on time and I know we were a little over, so I did promise Gary I was gonna shorten mine a little bit. So what I really want to do here is just wrap up and give you my hope for today. I really hope this discussion just helps you look at things a little bit differently. Take a step back, approach something from somebody else's basic level of understanding. Don't assume they know something. Don't. It's okay to uh, explain things multiple times to people who also know it. I personally have had people who say, oh, no, 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 I totally understand self-custody. I get keys. I get it. After a few minutes, we've realized they have no idea. So it's okay to start at the beginning, a blank slate, and go from there. One thing I really want you to remember is just like that robot who you must teach to open the jar of peanut butter first, we have to teach individuals the basics of private keys before we can expect them to self-custody. And self-custody is vital. I don't know how else to say that. Self-custody is the entire key of Bitcoin, holding your keys, sorry, holding your wealth in Bitcoin. Because without this foundation, they may never take those next steps, right? Without that confidence, they may not build upon it. And what I found is giving them a very basic level foundation, they are now eager to fall down the rabbit hole themselves. They want to jump in just like the rest of us and become obsessed like we are, where we sit at conferences and talk about Bitcoin for days and days and days, all hours of the day. Right? So that basic level of understanding makes them want to jump in. And in my opinion, that's the best gift you can give to anyone. And as we all know, holding the keys is vital to your Bitcoin wealth because not your keys, not your Bitcoin. Thank you.